0: Stacking them deep, selling them cheap That tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory We're just out here stacking pennies Alright guys, this is Stacking Pennies I am Corey LaJoy With my good friends here All of them I'm going to consider good friends this week Chuck Bush over on the mic on the ones and twos. Chugga, chugga, chugga. DJ Chucky B. DJ Chucky yeah. B. We'll work on that. Yeah, Pit Road <laughs> Boots and with Ryan Flores. Ready to go get a... You ready to go? Ar- J. Earl. You ready to work this I mean, week? I'm ready to go. And then, last but not least, well, somewhat least, uh, Ice Cold Blue Mountain Takes, Mr. Jonathan Merriman. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you today? Good enough. I'm here. I see that. I'm glad you joined us today. You're really not here. I
1: mean, you're, you're not. Right. You're being, you're you're not being here Zoom. It's a big week, Chuck. It is because when this podcast you're listening to this on a Wednesday, we're in Daytona, sunny, Florida. Yes, cars are on track. We've had practice yesterday. Seagulls are flying in the air. Qualifying tonight. Ocean mist spraying down the boardwalk. We're in the middle of media day. Love it. It's
0: great. Great it ocean juice? mist ocean spray just i'm gonna smell in that dirty florida air i'm gonna
1: have some, a <laughs> jar of dirty florida air for you when you show up on media day in in, in the daytona 500 kind of like boat. the lore actually bottle it up yeah, yeah just open it and swamp be an nft of dirty sea air oh, <laughs>
0: yes <yeah. laughs> yes it's gonna charge me three ethereum for that <laughs> bottle of florida air I here we are cool. we got cars on track today if you're listening. Ryan's gonna to get to work finally. He's been sitting around on his butt for nothing but about three months now, won Flacker. a couple races. But
2: are you excited to get down here or what? I'll tell you what. I've been to Daytona and like been excited to get there. And the, the duel, if you're leading, like you'll do a fuel only or just kind of depends on where you're running on um, your strategy. Or I don't I don't even know what tire fall off is gonna be yet. So so we don't know kind of what that strategy is gonna be like. But like I've been so ready to get to Daytona before, and then you do a fuel only at the duel and then you like wreck early on sunday and you don't do a damn thing other than set your pit box up and tear it down and clean a bunch of wheels <laughs> but uh but yeah man daytona is one of them races where like you're so excited to get there and the pre-race is so cool that it's it, you're you're zon- at the end of the race there's only one guy that's leaving happy and it's only if you win for so. sure ah uh, i don't know i could argue i've la- I've finished eighth there i've finished well you get a top there. 10 bonus i get a top 10 so bonus.
0: And I can assure you that the bonus for the Daytona Five Hundred is pretty good because that one pays about five X more than every other one. So if
2: you're on the other side of the wall or you're change, you're a picker guy, it's only cool if you win. Yes, it's not cool any other way. I finished second in it before. It's not that much
0: fun. Now, for me, I always like am a little bit skeptical of myself if I put enough work in over the off season, right? Like you get down there and it's like. The hay is in the barn. What the what the boys brought rolling through tech, like that's what you got to take the battle. What your team, whatever you've got, whatever you've been working on for pit road choreography or speeds, like you're not finding it in the duels. Like it will expose yourself on Sunday, whether you put the work in at the shop. So how do you feel getting into this first week?
2: So two things: you have to pick, you have to pick a way that you're going to do it and go with it, and know that you've kind of got to the end of it you know it exasperated every angle that you can get to the other thing is you never want to underestimate your competition and I've seen that happen before people definitely underestimate their competition but we're, we're going into a new year with a new car that nobody really knows anything about um you know, the testing you have tested at Daytona we've we've seen all that but to, to see the runs that are going to get uh the, the runs that are able to be made with just the two car tango how long you can do it it's going to change the racing for sure but you're also not going to want to practice a lot because you're not going to have a lot of parts to, uh, to fix that stuff if you get wrecked. You don't want to put your team in a hole.
0: Chuck, you're always one with words. What makes, like, there is just something about rolling through the tunnel for the Daytona 500 weekend. You can go in there every other day of the year and you just don't get, like, maybe occasionally the hair on, like, your arms stand up. But when you roll through the tunnel on Sunday, Daytona 500 Sunday, like, every hair in your body stands up.
1: Which tunnel, though? I'll ask you this: Which tunnel? The small one. Okay. What are you talking about? I know, Chuck? I know, I know. But there the are big two one tunnels. doesn't even exist to me. I don't know which way you're going in, but you make it a point Oof. to go in. I
0: don't want to. I don't want to forget the story. Okay. So last year, Denny's bus was parked next to mine. I'd go into the gym, work out a little bit, and you know everybody's in and out all week, right? You're there from Tuesday. People in and out. He was driving like a GMC Denali rental car. Like Friday afternoon, I'm walking from I think we were probably shooting basketball or something. I'm walking back and the whole right side door is ripped from the seam to like the middle of the door off on this rental car on <laughs> Denny's. And I'm like, what did he like Darlington's full on Darlington stripe on this rental car? And I was like, I seen him. I'm like, did you like what'd you do to rip the door off that he said he said I was just driving up out of that small tunnel and he just started turning a little bit too early to the right to go, you know, out on A1A. And the the door on the tahoe caught the end of that guardrail and just peeled it like a can opener so he he drove said he couldn't even like whoever was riding with him had to get into the driver's door to get the door off
2: i always like if we have a new guy on the team daytona is always a place like you get you roll down the tunnel, like you roll down slow, and if they're in the back, you put them in the back of the minivan, and then you just throttle up, and you kind of jump out of it, and they always bounce
1: off of the ceiling. Yes. I mean, always a good to one. me, it, it doesn't matter if it's Daytona 500 Sunday or if it's just a, the two first Tuesday of Speed Weeks like when you go in there. Hell, for testing this past year, going through that tunnel, that like you know, it's that old like corrugated you mm-hmm. know, sheet metal you go through there and you pop out on the other side and there's the palm trees on either side if it's a nice clear day the american flag
0: blowing oh, yeah. in the wind
1: seagulls doing their seagully things yeah. as they're flying through the air. but that just i'm getting goosebumps right now talking about it talk every me, time bro. i go through that it's that same feeling it doesn't matter if it's race day or not there's something about that place and that track and everything that's happened there the history of the sport It was born there. It was born on those high banks. It it doesn't get any more NASCAR
0: than that. What gives me the warm and fuzzies, like as I drive through the tunnel, usually the first time you get there. Like you know, you drive through there forty times over the course of the weekend, so like the new kind of wears off. Um, But the first time you go, like I think about all the badass guys, but like that have driven through that tunnel, David Pearson. Mm -hmm obviously Richard Petty's driven through there probably a billion times plus couple Earnhardt like everybody that's been anybody in our sport has driven through that tunnel and with what the same goal I've got when I get down there that's what I love uh going down there uh each and every time because really and truly anybody's got a shot at it we saw Michael McDowell uh big winner last year I don't even know what his odds were uh, but he was certainly an underdog so you go in there with the with the, the goal of trying to punch your ticket and be a David against some Goliaths. So, Merriman, what are you expecting to see? We've got a bunch of on-track stuff. We've got cup quali- qualifying here at 8 o'clock p.m. New changes to the schedule, speed weeks. Generally, we'd, we'd be down here about last Saturday, qualifying, riding around practicing, qualifying on Sunday. We consolidated it, tightened it up a little bit, trimmed the fat. We're on track qualifying. Wednesday night under the lights.
3: That ought to be interesting. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, qualify is always fun at Daytona because it's the old style, one at a time, uh, single car qualifying. So, you know, the, the slickest car usually ends up on the pole. I'm curious to see if Hendrick can kind of continue that domination with this next gen car. They've kind of owned that pole position for the last couple of years. I do think the duels are going to be even tamer than usual. But I do think coming out of the Clash a couple weeks ago, leading into this race, I have more eyeballs on us than ever before. Uh, So I think it's going to be good. I think ultimately somebody's going to end up with a torn up race car, and somebody's going to end up holding that trophy over their head. And you know, hopefully it's you. Maybe maybe old Lady Luck will. will, I'm I'm not even going. I'm not even going to go ahead and
0: do any prophetic like like guesses now. I'm done after LA. Like yeah, that, so I was done that with that. LA. I was I was pretty comfortable with that. Thought I were gonna go good, run like a broke dick sandwich. So I'm gonna say we're gonna go hoping for a good run, Chuck. That will that's what we're gonna do. Uh and I saw a stat. Somebody can fact check me. I'm sure there's people on Twitter that are listening they can probably fact check me. I've got the second best fin average finish of Daytona over the last six races of any active driver. Who's got uh, the best? Probably Joey. I don't know. He right. like I feel like he's winning wins everything, but I don't know. What's uh, maybe Blaney. I'd I don't know. Bl- Denny. Past couple eight, of years, I mean, Denny's been pretty good there. Denny's on. He's won three of them, so he knows yeah. what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, That and that's, that fact that I just told you might be completely wrong, so I don't
4: know. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I, might be somebody, an alternative
0: fact. Somebody told me a... on Twitter, so if it's on Twitter, it's got to be accurate. Yeah, say it with confidence. It's got to be true. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded true yeah. when I said yeah. it. it felt true. <laughs>
2: Uh, Hopefully we can make it true. I am interested to see qualifying for sure. You have a now. There's different motor packages that we've touched on the show before. Do you have an A motor for the 500? Are you guys? I don't
0: ask questions, but it will be very apparent that you do. Well, it will. No, no, it will be very apparent. <laughs> Your you motor don't. package stacks up at, at about 8:45 on Wednesday night. We will see how our engine program stacks up well, because Merriman says I'd be interested to see if Hendrick. It's called motorsports, Chuck. It's not called aero chassis sports. You got to have some mo to get you down that that horsepower. Technically, You have to have a motor in it in order for it to run. Yeah, we will have that's a motor, motor and we will see how that motor runs come qualifying on Wednesday night cuz that's a pretty good that's a pretty good indicator of, of how your uh, you know, underhood horsepower is going to stack up for the year. So hopefully I'm going cross my fingers. Hopefully we're okay.
2: I'll say this. I've been in the aero group before and done all that stuff, the slicking cars up in the past. And Steve Berg, who is the head of the Speedway cars at Hendrick, obviously does a great job. We have, when I was at Storthaus, we would do a lot of stuff, different things, the 39 team. What's the Sony most Gibson. obscene?
0: Like, tell the listeners what a couple of like the aero tricks trying to make the car slick are. And what are the most Obnoxious and egregious
2: things that people do to get it through the wind Oh man, I've seen a lot of sucker ducks, like fake sucker ducks that you try to.
0: You know what? I I, think the most outrageous one is. I've got one that I've heard, but I want to hear yours first. You you go. Okay, I'll I'll say mine first. I love it when, like, if anybody has seen a racing tire in person, they have like these little—I don't know what you even call them—like nipples from like the mold. Like when the rubber goes in, it goes out these little bleed holes. So like there are. Hundreds of these little, tiny, needle-looking things that are about a quarter inch. Some guys will go so far as take a razor blade and cut every single one of those nipples off their qualifying set because they think it's less drag.
2: I watched the tire guys do that. It's not that some guys. Everybody does it. Oh, really? Monkey C, monkey I do I don't horse. think my guys do So I watched them all doing it, and then I watched our buddy S.J. on the three-car with a torch burning them off <laughs> like that. It was like, whoa. Uh, but I have heard – so you hear folk story. And we this is opening – it's just a whole can of worms. But I have Love heard it. of a – I'm not going to name teams or anything, but I've heard of an air compressor under the dashboard to an airbag under the wrap over the roof, like over top of the windshield that they could flip on and it would blow up and it would raise the roof essentially, get the air off the spoiler, and then uh, as they would shut the air compressor off and it would drain the air out and it would drain that airbag. And, so
0: I, I heard – that was f- – Confirmed, but yes. it wasn't an air compressor. It was one of those things like you put behind your seat, you know, like you can yeah, like so tighten the bleeder
3: up. <sharp> yep, 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 yep.
0: Yeah. So the driver had the little, <sharp> and then when he went after the
2: lap, <sharp> yeah.
0: lets it out. Yeah, Gotta love some redneck engineering. There's a lot of
2: games like that have been played, but but my point was, you know, they do a lot of stuff like that. But horsepower, there's no replacement for displacement. So there is no. The, replacement. Whoever gets the biggest motor, I think, will be on the on the pole.
0: Yeah, or whoever, you know, one horsepower there, right, gets you through the wind. So we'll be interested to see Hendrick is no, is no stranger to the front row at the 500. So generally, we're used to seeing teams bring three cars down there. You'd bring your Clash car, you'd bring your Daytona backup car, you'd bring your Daytona 500 primary car, and then if you trashed your Clash car, you'd have somebody drive halfway and stay like in Atlanta for a couple days, just to know that your cars are good for the 500. That's not the case. There are gonna be a lot of the teams where their backup cars, you only get one backup car per two cars. So Stuart Haas, for example, has two backup cars for four cars. Spire has one backup car for two cars. So you're, if you're in a duel and something happens and you trash three of your cars in one crash, say Hendrick, for example, like they are going to the shop to get another backup car and bring it back down. That would be uh, certainly a story worth covering. Hopefully, it doesn't happen to anybody because I think Merriman mentioned earlier in the show the duels will be considerably more docile uh, than you had seen in years past. Just because I think maybe not too much, but if it was if the intensity level of a normal duel is a seven, it will be a
3: five. I also thought that the clash might be a little bit like that too, but you guys put those helmets on and all of a sudden you got
0: the fenders only,
3: banging and all that stuff. The so, only I mean, race You guys that, aren't yeah. opposed to being idiots. No, the only race <laughs> that was a shit show was the last chance qualifier.
0: And that was the one you expected to be a, uh, a shit show, right? So you you got a couple guys in there that don't really think about earning respect or have to earn respect, and they don't realize that it's going to come back to bite them when there's points on the line. No, but yes,
2: they're – with everything being bolt on, you're not just going to wreck a car and go right to a backup car. You might need to put a front clip on it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the center sections and everything, knowing if they're bent or not, like when you when you wreck at Daytona, you really can wreck a car. You throw it out. So, but but in the in years past, we have. I don't know what the crush zones on this look like, or or what it's going to look like if you just bolt a rear clip on it or a front clip, and what. Like, if you bent with, with, a, with a steel body that was all welded together, if you hit with the front, it bent all the way to the back. Mm-hmm. And that could change this year. So it might not look like you'd go right to a backup car like we saw with Austin Dillon at the Charlotte test. Eight hours later, they were on the track making runs.
0: Right. Great point. And also, the center sections on the next-gen car weigh as the, the same amount that entire chassis weighed from the previous car. So they built the center section that much stronger added that, much many, that many more bars to, if it does crash, maybe not Daytona, right? Like You can hit really hard at, at Daytona, but the general amount of crashes a car is going to take, the center section can be okay. You bolt the front and rear clip on and you go back racing. So uh, definitely a new age NASCAR. You got to love it where it's going. It's been a, a lot of energy leading down here to the great American race. So hopefully we can put on a good show for the fans. Now, everybody's gonna talk about us lining up against the fence riding around for maybe not 400 miles but people are going to want to get stage points but you're also as a driver no matter who you are whether you're contender for the win or just trying to be last place you want to get down to the end as quick as possible you don't want to be there for six hours we'll line up we'll ride around for a little while but then you can't overcome the egos chuck Everybody's got one. If the guy running fourth is not content with running fourth, he's going to make a move and try to go for the lead. So that's what makes Cup Series racing so good is that a
1: lot of these guys, pretty much all of them, including myself, have a big ego. I'm fine with you guys doing single-file parade laps for 95% of the race. You know?
0: Nope, I don't like that.
1: Nope. That's too high of a percentage, 70. 70? Oh, yep. I, look, here's, here's in, in my mind, I'm thinking – all right, there's a little bit of a mix-up at the beginning on the, on the start of the race. There's always a little bit of something there. Everybody's got to get the jitters out of the way. Mm. Somebody's butterflies are going to cause them to turn the car the wrong way. Um, at one of the stages, there might be something on a restart there. But where I want the bulk of the action is right there at the end of the race. Like I want to be on the edge of my seat, even though I'm not going to be in a seat. I'm going to be standing on pit road. I want to have butterflies in my stomach watching the closing laps of that race because that's – as a fan, that's the exciting part. So keep all the cars together. Don't have a shortened field by the time you get to the end, so parade lap all you want. But give me give me some action at the end. Jostle and battle for position.
0: Oh, I mean, it is, it is inevitable you're going to get action at the end. Yeah. Like when you're in the pack at the end, like our Spire strategy, quote-unquote, is like ride around for 494 miles and then with like six laps to go – Pull the belts tight as, as like as hard as you can cinch them down, and then you just like okay here we go, win lose or draw. I'm coming back with a helmet, or I'm gonna finish halfway decent here. Uh, it's worked for us the last couple of years. It's not very fun, I'll be honest with you, but if it pays the bills and gets us home in one halfway one piece, then that's what you
1: got to do. But at the end of the day, like what do you remember about those races? If there's a good finish, if it's a side by side battle to the line. Are you going to remember the fact that for the majority of the race they ran single-fire, or are you just going to remember that at the end it was one of the closest finishes in Daytona 500?
2: For sure. That's why nobody remembers the yeah. stage winner. Well, and well, stage, winner, stage winning is big. Like you're going to see mixes, like people yeah. trying to win the stages and get stage points because that's a huge deal, and the duels pay points as well now.
0: I think stage points were with the thought awarded with the thought of a speedway race, right? Because somebody could dominate the race, win both stages, or potentially right like if you lead all stages control the race like a joe Logano does and get wrecked with three to go leading right get the same point like he can get the same points for the guy that run 12 yeah. instead of the guy that ran 32nd so i do uh, like the fact that they that they credit that and people realize that stuff matters is it a is it one playoff point per stage win
2: it's a playoff point per stage win and then you know 10 down to to one of, of regular points yeah and, you know. Stage, stages have changed the way you race, and that's all calculated now. Yeah. And that with with the duels paying points, you know, we see guys miss, miss the playoffs by, you know, single-digit points.
0: And with the amount of parity I think this next-gen car brings between all the t- big teams, especially, like, a stage point,
1: one point is going to matter that much more. It's Daytona, though. So, like, the whole season is in front of us at this point. A lot of folks have won the Daytona 499 but winning that Daytona 500 like are you in that moment thinking about those points or are you thinking about I can be a Daytona 500 champion points be damned what's more important
0: yeah you're not thinking about points in the last lap especially the 500 like you got 35 more to to recoup a couple points Spa- stage racing you're trying to get the point because a playoff point for running first is a lot different than running second in a stage but when the white flag waves like the it's kind of like when you shut the door on the an airplane and like the air, like the, the pressure in there changes, like that's what happens in the pack. Like the cars are so tight together and the, the pressure inside the car of the cockpit, like is kind of sucked out. Like it's this weird, like the, the tighter they are that more energy the cars make. And it's, you it's literally like you can feel the energy ramp up like a knob and people are bumping the cars are out of shape, moving a lot more than they had been all day. And it's like, Oh, yeah, we're either flipping upside down in the grandstands or we're going to come out of this thing a winner. So that's what—that's uh, one of the things, too, that I love. Uh, it reminds you why you love doing it because, I'll be honest, it's a little bit scary being six rows deep, three wide, and cars are bouncing over and you're running 200 miles an hour. But uh, that's why we get paid the big bucks, Chuck.
5: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs>
4: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
1: Hey, NASCAR fans, check out this delicious offer. Place an order on DoorDash from Wendy's, and with your minimum order of $15, you will receive a free hot honey chicken sandwich. Don't forget to add an ice cold Coca-Cola drink to your order. Offer valid from February 12th, 2022 to February 20th, 2022. Taxes and fees still apply. Order minimum of $15 before taxes and applicable fees. Valid at participating Wendy's locations only where DoorDash is available. Exclusions may apply. All right, we're back. Time for some pit road boats and woes with my good friend,
0: Ryan Flores. Front changer on what's taken to get used to the front of Austin Sendrix 2. What is a discount tire? It's not the Blue Deuce anymore.
2: It was blue this weekend. It was a pretty. And cool we got car. Keystone back for All Star Race, so. Okay. What is it going to be for the 500? I think it's Discount Tire. Okay. I'm the not red deuce. Though. Yeah, the it's black and red deuce. Black and red deuce. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be a it's going to be a crazy weekend. I'm excited to to get down there. We are staying in a house uh, with our families. We, I'm as concerned. in me and you, yeah. Yes, and your dad. Yeah. So if you mess up in the duels, I'll be hearing him for three days. Friday morning. Yep. Ripping that ass. Uh, The only
0: way I can mess up is if that seven car comes home with any sort of damage. That's that they only, that's as low as
2: the bar set. I'll tell you what, if like say that we have a bad pit stop or a wheel falls off, I'll be hearing about that. You'll be hearing about that. But that's something you're going to see this weekend. I, I don't know, like I don't want to foreshadow and say it's definitely going to happen, but it's definitely going to happen this year. And don't be surprised when a car leaves and a wheel comes off, you know, it happened in the Indy 500 this past year. And it's, it's something that, you know, is going to happen with a single lug nut. There's going to be times, especially on the left side, um, I would say the left front is going to be the most prone. The way that these stops happen with the Jackman hanging in the left rear and watching the left rear, uh, they're going to maybe pay attention to that and not check off on the front. If there's an issue on the front and they don't quite get a nut on, uh, that thing gets shipped and it's four or five stalls down, the tire's coming off.
0: Let's say that we've seen five, four to five loose wheels a race with five nuts now maybe one or two of those come down and actually have to put a tire like like change it yeah how many loose wheels yeah some guys ride it out like generally everybody has not everybody somebody has a loose wheel every week does that ratio go down because just there's it's either on or it's off
2: i think yeah i think it's either black or white but i think there's also times where it's it's hard to tell because you can look at so much stuff in a parking lot when you're practicing, and the torques without heat, without um, you know drive load. There there's a lot of different things like with them being both both sides reverse thread or is one side going to be more apt to shake loose and the other side tighten up? So you're going to have problems getting it off. There's a lot of questions that we really don't have answers to yet from the pit crew side that you when you go to a test you don't really worry about. Um, you're just kind of buzzing the tires on and off. And you're not trying to do it in a timely manner you're also using electric impacts that have a lot less horsepower uh, so do you actually call the power a gun makes horsepower n- no it'd be torque oh but
0: i just use that how many horsepower does a gun have horsepower, or horsepower? all of them it depends <laughs> this one
2: here has a lot of horsepower compared to what we used to have what's like what's just handling the gun versus the previous one a to b for the application that we're using it for putting on the stud pulling the trigger getting it tight one nut it's easier to control if you were trying to hit five lug nuts with a gun this big good luck um how much heavier is it it's i don't know it's probably four or five pounds heavier but when you pull the trigger like that thing is going you know Mm -hmm. whipping whichever way it wants so that's why you have to be more controlled with it and kind of have it on the stud before you pull the trigger if you before you would pull the trigger wind it up and pop and hit the lug nut now you have to be on the lug nut before you pull the trigger or else it'll spark uh that's one thing that that's pretty concerning we saw some big sparks thrown today at practice. And uh, our gas man Lackey probably would have been um, getting- On fire. P- putting his uh, fireproof bit. underwear to the test. But it's gonna happen. It's stuff that we've seen. Um, but like, don't be surprised when you see, uh, you know, tires. And, and we saw it. We, we saw it when we first went from six man to five man, you know, these, these cars leaving in Pit Road. We saw it at Dover with trucks. We've seen, We saw it with Kyle Busch at Dover, you know, Mm -hmm. where he left without the left rear on it. Yeah, you got to have four tires. You got to have four tires on it. Yeah, they'll give the crew chief a nice long vacation. We've seen this at the Charlotte test with you, and we've talked about it on here. You know, your tire fell off the Charlotte test. It's don't, don't. um, Hopefully it doesn't happen. Don't jump someone's, don't jump someone's shit so quick because you think, uh, you think it was a dumb mistake because it's easy to have it happen when you're trying to do pit stops in 10 seconds.
0: Do you see any Daytona pit stops around 10 seconds?
2: Uh, I don't know. So I remember when we went to Daytona with the Paoli guns and five five kicker guys to start, I know I was really conservative. My hand speed was like really slow just to make sure that uh, when the car came in, it was leaving in racing order. I, I'll be interesting to see what happens in the duels because, like we said, you're not going to put tires on it if you're leading, but say you lose track position, you're going to come down and make sure all your equipment works and you, you know, shake the rust off and... It all depends, like we said, on fall off and everything. But when you come down for the 500, especially for the first uh, three quarters of that race, you're going to want to make sure that you get your stuff tight and right. The last stop of the race, if you pit with your manufacturers on the green, you want to be the first one leading that train off of pit road. So that's worth quite a bit. So you're going to have to get on your horse there. And if guys are being conservative still then, you're going to see them possibly lose the Daytona 500 on pit road.
0: What we're going to see is we're going to have certainly a lot of things to talk about next week on Pit Road Boats and woes, But they better be tight and right. You heard it from the man himself, Ryan Flores. Check him out on the front of that, too.
5: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. And support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com/slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you
2: have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing
5: your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But
2: you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
0: It is time for some thoughts with a penny. Janie, what we got for this week?
3: Uh, This first one is actually about L.A. Austin Drake asks,
0: In L.A., we saw some rookies and smaller teams get bullied a bit by some bigger names, Castle, Hill, et cetera. Do you think we'll see a lot of that this season as they have a better chance of running up front? Also, what's your go-to bourbon? A little double question there. Uh, Number one, absolutely. I think that comes with just paying dues and racing with those guys more often. Like, if you are a guy having a good day, Let's just say our run at Martinsville last year, for example, we were you know in the top ten. Those guys will rough you up way more before they would rough somebody else up because they're not used to seeing you run there. So some guys that are new to running towards the front, whether that's uh, Chase Briscoe, whether that's Austin Sindrick, guys that you're not used to seeing, you're definitely those guys would definitely give those guys way less uh, margin for error than they would would somebody else they race with each and every week. So uh, you definitely got to run up front to earn the respect of the guys that race up there consistently. uh, And that'll be a tough road to hoe for any of us trying to do it. Uh, Number two, I have about 45 bottles of bourbon at the moment. Um, I've been on a big Elijah Craig kick. That's like pound for pound a good one. Um, Elmer T. Lee is probably my favorite. That's like an expensive one It's hard to find. Um, And Buffalo Trace is pretty good. So there's a couple of good options, but Elijah Craig has my latest. All right, and our last question comes from Ryan, and he says, over or under, how many different winners there are this season? Uh, we were talking about this during the break. I think we saw 16 last year, Chuck. 16 winners last year. I think, I'm going to go hot take, we see less. How many less? Yeah. I think we see 11, 10 to 11. I think the teams are going to hit on it, Gibbs. I mean, if the big teams hit on it, I think they're just going to be a race within a race because now you don't have the notes so somebody that hits on something uh will be able to distance himself more than they had been so i think that you can see a team like gibbs hit on it early penske they won the first one they obviously know what they're doing they also have all the experience with a car that's very similar with the v8 supercars they won pretty much every racer as a win over there um so i'm gonna go with less Merriman, what do you think? You're
3: shaking your head. I, I had I had twelve in my head, so I think me and Corey are on the same page, with the exclusion of you know obviously the the big tracks or or outliers, and you know I think you could get some you could have an Almond win a road course to win a road course, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay firm with twelve.
2: In true stack and pennies fashion, I'm going twelve and a half because I don't know what a half win is, but you picked it last year and you were right somehow at Larson. So I was ten and a half.
0: And I was uh, no nine and a half wins is nine, what I had yeah. for him.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna go over, and I'm gonna say that we get 17. Ooh. I think you are wrong, Chuck. Oh, now I, I can would be love wrong. to be
0: one of those 17, but I'm done making prophetic decisions already on the show. We were one weekend, and I'm done with that. Uh, any more penny for your thoughts, Janie? We don't have any more, but people should still continue to send in their thoughts
2: to hashtag Penny for Your Thoughts or tag Corey on Twitter.
0: Yes, they should. Yell at him, Janie. I will. <laughs> That's Yell sure. at him. Send in Penny for your thoughts. If you're listening, just fire up a question and you might make the show.
1: I mean, I do want you to get a little bit prophetic. You know, because we've got what? Three races, four if you take Arca? hmm. Who's going to win those races? Oh, you're on my picks, too. I want your picks. Mm. I want your prophecy to see who's going to win. Mm. All right, let's
0: go. I'll take the defending winner because uh, there's only like four truck series guys that I actually know. Uh, I'm going to go with Ben Rhodes for trucks. Uh, One Daytona. Won the Daytona road course last year as well. And obviously a champion. Big Bud Light guy. I'm going to go with Bud, uh, Bud Rhodes. Uh, number two, Xfinity Series. Somebody over at College because they have good super speedway stuff. Who's driving over there? Landon Castle. I'm going to fire one off to my Daytona 500 teammate, Landon Kassar. I would love to see him, like, come out of nowhere and win Daytona in a college car. That would be cool to see. And then the Cup Series, I'm going to leave that one open. I'm going to leave that one open. I'm not going to say me because that happens. At bat. That's bad. But I'm not going to pick anybody else because so I don't want anybody else to win. There's only one guy in there that I want to win. I dig it.
2: Yeah, I'll go uh, Truck Series. I'll go Stort Friesen just because I like Stort Friesen. Um, Yep. I don't even know what manufacturer or whatever he's driving this year. I have no clue.
0: No, he changes, but I think he's Toyota.
2: Xfinity Series, I like your colleague pick, but I'm going to go with the guy that won the last Xfinity race, Daniel Hemrick, to win the first Xfinity race this year. Okay. Uh, In Cup, I'm staying home and going with Ryan Blaney. He's been close to 500 before, and uh, I think
1: he seals the deal this year. I think truck series, I'm going to take Zane Smith. Okay. I feel like you know, coming off of that last season, but just missing out on that championship, I think uh, he's going to be one to contend with at Daytona. I like your Hemrick pick. I think Daniel Hemrick, he got that taste of victory in uh, Phoenix, and I think that's going to carry over. He's going to get that win for the 500. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace wins the Daytona 500. What a story Pretty that craft. would be! Hey, because well, he got the win last year, so so he's but like people want to discredit
0: that win at Talladega. Bubba Wallace is a good speeder racer. Yeah, he is aggressive. He's always in the hunt, and you know that twenty three car is going to have some speed in it, and
1: I'm sure the boss is going to be there. Not hey. DH. I'm talking about MJ. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you can discredit that win all you want, but – There was 39 other guys that could have been in that same yep. spot. And that takes a little bit of that pressure off for of him, frees him up a little bit. And I think he goes into the season with, you know, a little bit looser, gets that win in the Daytona 500. That's less We've I got get a hold two of Two guys first. that
2: are always right. up front,
1: uh, Denny Hamlin and Kurt Busch in all these races too. So, if them yep.
2: three work together, he's going to be pretty strong.
1: Chuck's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. Curtis. What about Jonathan. Uh, do I matter? Not, <laughs> not really, though. no. But.
0: Uh, I mean, you want uh, one for one of the year, so yeah. let's, not, uh, let's not let that go unnoticed.
3: Crafton, Gregson, and I really want to pick Blaney, but don't want to agree with Skip, but uh, I do think it's coming out of Penske, so I'll, I'll double up, and uh, I'll go. I'll double up on Joe. I'll go Jojo Logano. What about two car? Uh, no. <laughs> Why not?
1: Don't, don't trust the guy on the gun. <laughs> Yeah, rear guys. Although I did like – The rear guys a little bit washy. Cendric, I, I, I was impressed with him uh, after the clash. Even though he spun out a lot, he worked his way back up a couple of times.
0: There before. was four cars left running,
1: Chuck. Yeah, I'm not touching. He me. finished fourth. <laughs> not touching. <laughs> he hit everything but the California lottery. You know, I know, but, hey, he's a good racer, so eventually maybe he yeah, will find victory. Yeah, he can do it. Yeah.
0: Xfinity Series champion. He's no yeah. slouch. Yeah. Cup Series is a different animal. I'm telling you, bro.
1: That's all I got. And we'll find out who, who, who of us is right.
0: And who of us is wrong. And we'll talk about it here. Right here on Stacking Pennies. Tune in next week.